Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's <laughs> in a top eight, then you're going to have her out, man. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls D portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. Like, like Mex- Mexican America. food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick, and this is episode number 50, and with me are uh, Mr. Adrian. Holy shit, is it 50? It is 50. We're middle-aged. Oh, past <laughs> middle-aged, man. <laughs> I am middle-aged, though. I'll give you that. And uh, Mr. Jerry Me. Uh, what's up, everybody? <laughs> so how you guys doing, man? How was your weekend? Uh, it's good. It was good. I'm, I'm a little under the weather. I got the the fall sniffles sitting in, setting in, blah. I was going to say, what about you, Adrian? I'm just thinking, uh, fuck what was, let's think of what's coming. Oh, that's some fortune cookie shit right there. Yeah, <laughs> looking, looking towards the future. Mm. I, d- I did pick up a bunch of merfolk pieces. Oh, oh did you? very nice. Yeah, so I still, um, there's, there's still some other stuff that I'm looking for, but uh, yeah, I, I got quite a bit now. I, I, so, I went so, a little deeper this weekend. Did you say you're 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 not high on cavernous souls for that list? Is that what you were saying? No, no. Okay. I mean, like you know, everybody to each his own and shit. I'm just I'm not. No, no I'm just I'm just I'm curious. Not, I'm not, like, I'm what not a huge cavern fan. Yeah, I think it's bigger in modern than it is in legacy, but I do think it is a cute combo with Chalice of the Void that you can run out a Chalice on one and still cast your. Uh, your one drops and your two drops if you do cast chalice on two through it with uh, chalice, uh, Cavern of Souls. I know Goblins was doing that for a while. They were running Chalice of the Void and then running Cavern of Souls to get their Goblins under the chalice. Yeah, I don't even think... I don't know. It's not a big a deal with Merfolk because Merfolk's really much more of a two-drop deck whereas Goblin's more of a one-drop deck. Yeah, I, I mean, I use a versatility in casting costs, but I think a lot of a lot of Merfolk lists I've been seeing have been doing... Cabin of Souls, I'm just not... I I, I just prefer Wasteland packages. Yeah, I was going to ask if, that, if you're opting for the Wasteland package on that. Yeah, it's just... Uh, Cavern's, to me, cute, but like my Ether Vial already makes them uncounterable. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You don't really need it. It's kind of redundant with the vials. Well, it's it's kind of redundant, and if I need to waste a land like a Mazavith, I want to be able to waste that land. Yeah, yeah, yeah or, or the the random guy who actually is holding a tabernacle. Yeah, or the uh, uh, what's the land that prevents you from losing life? That lands oh, glacial that's, chasm. Yeah, yeah that's glacial a good chasm. one. <laughs> I hate that card so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but nice. Uh, so, how percentage wise, what will be your estimate on how far you are? Oh God, twenty five percent anyway. I'd say. I mean, nice. I just I just picked up. Um, uh, Lord of Atlantis, uh, and I got some Merovigiri because I like to use Merovigiri with True Name Nemesis because I get the vial to three. So, like, get the vial to three, vial in a Merovigiri, cast a Curse Catcher, untap the vial, and vial in a True Name Nemesis. Did I mute? Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if I muted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I muted myself because I was getting some stuff. <laughs> okay. Pat, that's where you come in. 
Sorry, I'm also getting stuff. No, that seems good. Oh, okay, so I'm just going to sit here and talk to myself for a little while. So, Adrian, what do you think of Merfolk? Well, so far I've got, I don't know, about 25% of the deck or so. I got some Merovigiris going. I picked up a couple of standstills in a Monastery Siege because I like the Monastery Siege. That was really kind of fun. I got a whole that list yet? Run that. Okay, so nobody talks, now everybody talk at once. <laughs> I have my that list. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> so, all right, so the Monastery Siege, have you tried it out in that list? I'm yeah. curious to see how that is, and it's good? Oh, I liked it. I liked it. I did it sure. in, in like uh, so. A lot of times when I when I play when I build Merfolk, I use four Lord of Atlantis, four Master of the Pearl Trident, four Merovigiri, four True Name Nemesis, four Silver Gill Adept, four Curse Catchers, four Ether Vials, and four Dazes, four Force of Wills. Did I miss something there? I don't think I yeah. did. And then um, oh, and and four Standstills. But okay. sometimes I'll swap out one Standstill for a Monastery Siege. Oh. And, and then, like, 12 islands, 4 wastelands, 4 meter vaults. Uh, oh, maybe okay. I didn't say 4 fossils. I don't know. But no, the, you said that. You said that. The Monastery Siege is cute because I I can play it main deck. I don't have to worry about sideboarding in Cure Glass Spinner. It protects my creatures, and it doesn't get um, how to, it doesn't get bottomed by a Terminus because it's an enchantment. Right. Or I can use it, like, card filtering and just draw 2, discard 1 during my okay. upkeep which will help me grab extra lords or whatever. It's one blue, so it's not an intense mana cost. And um, the last time I played Merfolk, I was playing... I, I stuck it in there, and, and I liked it. So I figured when I put the deck back together, that's that's kind of a nature that I'll go with. And, um, you know, I, one of the other reasons why I'm not a huge fan of Cavernous Souls is because it doesn't play well with Standstill. Like, one of the things with Standstill is once you get the Vial out uh, and a Standstill down... Your opponent, like most people, will just crack the standstill right away, which yeah, I mean, which I'm pretty much okay with. Like I, I get mean, extra cards, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean that's pretty much what you should do, though. Like if you're staring down a standstill and your opponent has a vial up, just crack that standstill because the longer you wait, the more advantage they get out of it. Sure, they're going to draw the three cards sooner rather than later, so you might as well start casting your stuff sooner rather than later. Yeah, so I think uh, you know maybe I'd actually be curious if. I don't know. I'm not going to study Merfolk lists, but if the ones that are playing Cavern of Souls are not playing Standstill, because that doesn't seem like it would actually function. Like yeah, they, that they might swap be... Standstill for for uh, Chalice of the Void if they wanted to, but that's what the trend's been ever since. Basically, Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time have gotten just ubiquitous among the format. They're running Chalice of the Void as just the way to slow down the one drops from filling up the graveyard. Yeah, so I'm just I'm more of a fan of. Uh, Wastelands and Standstills than Chalice of the Void and Cavernous Souls. And uh, just another quick thing, is the uh, the four Mutavault just ubiquitous, ubiquitous in the uh, Merfolk list? Every Merfolk deck should be playing four Mutavaults. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I, you know what I have seen, too, in one of the recent lists uh, from the uh, IQ and Somerset um, was uh, two of Days Undoing. Sure. Yeah. So did anyone else get to play any uh, Legacy this weekend? No, I was too busy doing yard work and shit, yeah. man. You left me hanging at the Black Lotus I, tournament. Dude, I was I was I was really bummed I was really bummed I didn't get to go. You, you even text you you texted me the night before, like, hey are you going? I'm like, Yeah, I'm going. Let's go. 
And then, yep. no, no, I was yep. stood up like the ugly girl at prom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was really bummed I couldn't go, but, you know, yeah, cause there Jerry, are things Jerry, I gotta get done. Cause Jerry, he was gonna beat you round one and fuck up your break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too, I was trying to, you, you know, probably could, you should have. <laughs> no, he should have, you probably would save me sometime. <laughs> how'd, how'd you end oh. up doing, Jerry? Uh, I started off so well and then it just all fell apart. Were you playing that Grixis Delver still? Yep. Four color, what is it? Uh, so I guess it's technically four color. It's really just Grixis Delver splashing a slight green for Deathrite activations and a one of Kroos and Grip in the board. Um, started off really well. Round one, I crushed Reanimator 2-0. Mm. You know, having four Deathrite Shaman main plus Force Wills, Daze, Spell Pierce, and then post board bringing in Graft Digger's Cage and Surgical Extractions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't... <laughs> Wasn't too pretty. Um, round two, I versed Elves, which I also crushed 2-0. Um, yeah, Elves can't beat a Dark Blast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just not possible. Like, ra- game one, I just happened to draw all my burn, so I just burned him out and then killed him with a Delver. And then game two, I had Dark Blast in my opening hand, and I just consistently cleared his board. Like, even after him glimpsing... Like, he glimpsed just as, like, a last-ditch resort, got a couple more elves on the board, and Dark Blast just cleaned him up. Um, so I was feeling really, really good. I was 4-0 in games after the first two rounds, just undefeated. And round three, uh, uh kills me. I can't remember his name. He's, he, he's definitely, uh, you know, a local player. I see him in a lot of the, the major tournaments. I forget his name. But... I sit down across from him, and he goes, like, fetch land, pass. I'm like, okay, this is something. Not a tempo deck, maybe combo, maybe miracles, maybe something. Um, I play out a Delver, and he sacks the fetch land and grabs a Swords to Plowshares. And he sacks the fetch land and grabs uh, a Tundra and Swords to Plowshares my, uh, my creature. I'm like, okay, this is probably miracles. So I start playing it like it's miracles, and then, uh, about uh, halfway through the game, he plays a Pestermite. What? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? That's awesome. He went to the Lotus Tournament with it? <laughs> he went to the Lotus Tournament with it. And I, like, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And I get Taxi and Probe him, and I see, like, Force of Will, Jace the Mind Sculptor, uh, and, uh, like some other stuff. And I'm just like, are you on, are you on twin? And sure enough, three games later, three very, very good games. He was actually an awesome person to play against. We had really interactive, fun games. Uh, game three, I have lethal on board. Uh, I'm going to swing in for the win. And he just gets the twin combo off and kills me. Oh. Game three. Game two, he actually beat me by, uh, beating me down with, uh, Vendillion clicks. So just Vendillion click beat down one of the game, game, uh, game two. Is that like Caracas bouncing it back and stuff? Not even with the Caracas, just, uh, he, he was running like two or three Vendillion clicks main. Oh, okay. I gotta go back a second, I'm kinda curious. Uh, how did he get the twin combo off on defense? Uh, so, end of turn. Flashes in, uh, not Pestermite, what's the other one? Deceiver oh. Exarch? Yeah, Deceiver Exarch. Flashes in the Deceiver Exarch. Oh. Uh, taps down my only open blue mana that I was holding up for Spell Pierce. 
and he had enough mana to play around days. Okay. And then he untaps, throws Splinter Twin on it, and combos off. That's wow. rough. Yeah. <laughs> hey, twin, twin's, twin is definitely making a um, a little bit of a scene in Legacy right now. I mean, after playing... Yeah, playing against it, it's, I think it's a really, really legitimate deck in the format. Because it plays as a blue, white, red mid-range deck, kind of like the Patriot uh, Blade decks we were, we were seeing. Because mm-hmm. I think it also runs Stoneforge Mystic, too, as an alternate win condition. So, you know, even when it's not comboing off, it's still a Jace the Mind Sculptor Stoneforge Mystic deck. Which is totally powerful enough to win games. Right. I mean, and it's running like lightning. I think, I, I don't remember the exact list, but it looked like he was running like lightning bolts and swords to plowshares. And what I actually like about this compared to the Delver variant is you don't really want to run swords to plowshares because it just makes your job harder killing them with Delvers. But with the Splinter Twin combo, they can gain all the life feed they want. You know, that sword to plowshares is essentially doing, you know, no benefit for them if you just combo them out. Right. Um, so I thought it was a very good deck, and I think by the time I left that night, he was at the top table, so I'm, I'm, I think he may have top-aided, so hopefully we get to see a deck list come out uh, down the line once that reporting comes in. So, yeah, round three, I lost to Splinter Twin, but I was still in high spirits, because it was, it was a really fun match, and I mean, if you're going to lose, <laughs> that's a deck to lose to. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you feel like you were like well-versed enough? Because you've played Modern before, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I knew the combo, like, I knew all about the whole play it into turn, I was afraid of it, it was just one of those things where, I mean... You got me, you got me. You got me, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, I'm not gonna, like, not not play anything and just hold up all my counter magic, because I also have to put a clock on them. If you don't put a clock on them, then they just sculpt a perfect hand and win through all the eight you have. Um, so I had to put pressure and I mean, it just, it worked out in his favor. I, I, it was, I mean, it was very good matches. I mean, we were both comparing plays afterwards and, um, you know, John Kerman was watching the game too. And he said, it, you know, from what he saw, you know, both players played it really well. It was just, you know, that was just the way the cards came out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a fun match to play against. I, I look forward to playing that deck again in the future. Maybe I'll even <laughs> sleep it up myself sometime. I actually was looking at like getting into that deck because I thought it looked pretty sweet. So yeah, I might try to might try to poke a trade some of the some of the uh, the parts of that deck and get them in. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. I mean, really, really interactive gameplay. If you like thinking and seeing lines of play, that's a really good deck uh, for you. Uh, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, my next round opponent was playing Miracles. <laughs> and it was just miserable, and it went to game three, and it uh, was going to go to time, but I ended up just, uh, I don't know, scooping, I don't know, I've, I kind of blacked it out. <laughs> once, <laughs> once the countertop lock came down, like, Grixis has no way to deal with a countertop lock once it's in play. Jerry? Yeah? Show me on the doll where the Miracle Stack touched you. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, once the counter lock top comes into play, you have a one of cross and grip in the board, and other than that, you have no answer for it. Mm. So, aren't, like, you, aren't you playing abrupt decay? No, no, this list doesn't run enough oh. green to support abrupt decay. I see. So he uh, just kind of smacked me with that. So I was out of it at this point. It was only a seven round tournament for the Black Lotus. So, wow, how many people were there? 
Uh, there was 114, I want to say. That's pretty good. I think the last uh, bunch of duels, they had like 95, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was 90, 91 or 93. Hmm. Yeah, so 114 people, so seven rounds, and I did all the math, and there was no way I was top eighting with two losses, but stayed in for another round uh, just to play for fun. And I first old-school blue-black Dark Depths. Um, you know, like like original OG vampire hex mage dark depths. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when that deck first came out. So I mean, his sleeves look really old too. So I'm I'm almost wondering if he just like brushed the deck off. You know, took it down from the top shelf and, and played in this tournament with it. Um, because the list was like straight. You know, circa 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, but was it you know one against that? Uh, but it was it was fun seeing kind of a blast from the past, not the lands variant, but the actual original blue black version. Um, and it all came down to um, not really a misplay, but I guess just a miscalculation. He was going to combo off, and I had counter magic up, and he had the days in hand for my counter magic, but he was playing everything off of a Urborg and didn't actually have a blue source in play. Oh, oh. And it was just like it was. They were all non-made. Like it was all like Urborgs and Dark Depths and Thespian stages. So like it was like I looked it over too because like after I countered it and it he it fizzled, I Gitaxian probed him and I saw the dazes and I I literally just asked him because we were already in like the drop bracket where it didn't matter. I'm like why didn't you daze it? <laughs> He's like ah oh, because I don't have blue mana. I'm like oh you're right you don't have blue mana. <laughs> Um, so beat that, and then, uh, next round I played what I thought was another Miracles deck, but it was just Miracles without the Miracles. Like, blue-white-red control, where the win conditions were Jace, Vendillion Clicks, and Snapcaster Mages. So it runs, like, three Vendillion Clicks, four Snapcaster Mages, two Jaces, and two Monastery Mentors. No Sensei's Divining Top, no Counterbalance, no Terminus, no Entreat the Angels. Just blue, white, red control. And, I mean, he got me because I boarded in Python Needles to name Sensei's Divining Tops that didn't exist. (laughs) Um, So I I just misread it because I thought it was Miracles. I was playing against Miracles, and it wasn't a Miracles deck. And he just beat me down with... Vendillion clicks. Mm. He he did cast Dig Through Time against me five times in one match. <laughs> four four natural casting of oh. Dig Through Time plus one Snapcaster Snapback. Mm. Still, man. I mean, that sounds really good. It just doesn't. It still seems like that Pyromancer's Ascension use of it was disgusting. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he was also in the X and 2 bracket with me. Yeah. So his day wasn't going any better than mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it was miracleless miracles. And I ended up losing to that because it's pretty hard to beat five dig-through times. So that was that was pretty much my Black Lotus tournament. Uh, I dissembled the deck um, because I just kind of learned that... After the IQ and after the Lotus tournament, kind of stick with what you know. No, not even that. I mean, I know the deck. It's just, like, the deck wins. I made money off this deck, you know, playing in some, some of the smaller tournaments. It's got me a playset of Noble Hierarchs, a playset of some Fetchland, so mm-hmm. I've won enough sore credit with it to actually make the putting the deck together worthwhile, mm-hmm. but it's just not a very... I don't have fun playing it. Okay. 
It's do you not like do you not like Delver decks in general, or it's just that particular deck? No, I mean I've had success with Delver decks, like Bug Delver in the past, and mm-hmm. like Delver decks are fine. It's just this particular Delver deck. It's just so linear. It's like a fill in the dots type deck. Yeah, you just do this, then do this, then do this. Did you win? Okay. <laughs> I think that's kind of like what attracts me to the deck is that it's a little bit more linear than than other decks that you can get into, you know. Yeah, I just kind of like more decision trees, you know, a, a broader reach as far as you know your playstyle goes. I feel with the Grixis Delver deck, there's only kind of one way to play it, yeah. and that that way happens to be pretty good. But since I'm not, you know, consistently winning with it, I'd rather if I'm gonna lose, I might as well also lose while playing a deck that I actually enjoy playing. I think I can identify with that. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, can you put yes. can you put ten fins together for me this weekend? <laughs> uh yeah, I may I well it's, 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 <laughs> it's the pre release, so there's no legacy this weekend. Oh yeah. Hey Pat, what are you doing Friday? Uh Friday actually nothing. Um Friday would be it would be an awesome night for me to go draft. I'll see if I can get a sitter. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, well, well, do a pre-release rather, maybe not draft, but like maybe uh, do a pre-release. Okay, you want to do like a midnight madness? Well, because there won't be any um, drafts of um, the new set until next next weekend. week, or actually Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I think because I think TJ's does like uh, midnight madness, then they have a uh, draft they have drafts. Sealed. They have oh, drafts the following week. No, they do sealed. I think Saturday and Sunday. I was noticing. Yeah, because that's that's the pre-release. Sealed's the pre-release, but they don't do drafts until the following week. Okay, right. I'll babysit the kids, but I'm taking them <laughs> to Tijuana. <laughs> the littlest drug smugglers. <laughs> no one will suspect. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no one will suspect the the single white guy going through customs with two kids. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that reminds me. So, a, a friend of mine, uh, they got, he got married, and they had the wedding in Magic Kingdom Disney World. And everyone went down, they flew down all together, but I had work. So I had to fly down a day after everyone. So here I am, by myself, getting off the plane in Orlando, and getting on the Disney World tram bus. <laughs> Just by myself, holding on my suitcases, and I just look around, and there's all these like dads just holding their kids a little extra tight. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Why is he on this bus? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I've never, I never understood like the adults who go to Disney World. Like, I have friends who like couples who will go there, like grown ass people in their mid twenties going to Disney World. I just don't understand it. I mean, I there's, that's one thing, because believe it or not, I didn't realize this when I was a kid and I went with my parents, but there's booze everywhere in Disney World. <laughs> <That's what>? Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, these these parents, they need to get by, so they know they know how to cater to the kids and they know how to cater to the parents. So that aspect of it was fine. It's just being a single white dude going to Disney World by yourself. You don't you kind of look a little, uh, you know... Uh, Suspect. Yeah. Like what, you need like a that? shirt that says I'm here for my friend's wedding. Yeah, I was I was looking around waiting for Chris Hansen to show up and say Yeah. The police are outside. Uh, Alright, so next week well actually the day this releases um will be the banned and restricted update. Do you guys want to go over that? Like did you have any thoughts on what? <laughs> Yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, we got a, oh, who, who said it in the Facebook group? Also, 
This is a promo for the Facebook group. If you guys want to get at us, join the Facebook group because people ask us stuff all the time, and that's where we get the material for this show. So if you want to affect the material of the show, get your ass on Facebook and, and get in those comments. Please, uh, we're running out of ideas. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to come across that way. We have, we have no, it's actually it's great, though. It's cool to interact with everyone on Facebook. I love it. Yeah. but uh, Are running out of ideas? No, nah, that was I'm just I'm just joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, does nobody listen to me? No. <laughs> no, I just wanted to give credit where credit's due because someone asked that on the Facebook group that we talk about the ban and restricted list. Matt, Matt, you can bleep out the last name. I don't know if he wants it. Editor, bleep out that last name. <laughs> Matt Burt. Uh, he wants to know the upcoming band and restricted update. What do you guys want to see banned slash unbanned and why? Oh, and I, I like that because he asked for unbanned, which I find is going to be real more interesting because I feel we're all pretty vocal and have made our views known about what we're, we're hoping to be banned. Okay. So, I mean, I think we all kind of want uh, Dig Through Time banned. I feel that's, you know, the elephant in the room. We've talked about that before. I don't think we need to beat a dead horse. And then I know we've also had conversations about, you know, Sensei's demanding top counterbalance and also Delver of Secrets as our as our black horse in the race. I mean okay. what is what's the likelihood of any of that actually happening? Because I don't I think Sensei's top is fine to ban just on the fact that it draws games out. I don't think it's overly powerful. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't think that it's broken to the point where it's it's shifting the meta in its favor. Um I think Day Two Time probably does that more than anything else right now. Yeah, I don't think any are likely to be banned. I just think Dig Through Time has a... Dig Through Time, I put it about a 50-50 chance. I hope it's banned, but I would also not be surprised if it's not banned. The other ones are kind of a wild card, where if it happens, I'm pumped, but if it doesn't happen, I'm not that surprised. Yeah. Uh, As far as things we want to see unbanned, I feel that can lead to a much better discussion. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this because I'm not super familiar with what Legacy was before the stuff was banned or if it... I mean, there was a banned list when Legacy was created, right? There were things that were automatically banned. Uh, well, what it was was everything that was restricted in Vintage was auto-banned in Legacy. Okay, okay. And what it also is is Wizards hasn't really taken things off the banned list in a long time. Like... They're doing it slowly, for example, you know, World's Gorger Dragon and Land Tax, and both of those were pretty obvious that they should be unbanned because they were unbanned and they did literal nothing in the format. <laughs> like World Gorger Dragon? Right. I mean, World Gorger Dragon was probably like the poster child for the legacy ban list needing to be revised because yeah. there wasn't really a reason why that should be on there in the first place. I mean, I know we talked about before that there was, you know, tournament organizers with games going to time because people could make the infinite loop, but right. turns out we unbanned it, and that didn't happen. It wasn't like people were just forcing draws. Well, wasn't there an update in the rules, too, where you could um, opt out of that loop? Or, or did that not? Did I imagine that? Um, I'm not sure. We'd have to right. ask our judge friends, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's also true. Um, I mean, there's obvious cards that have to stay banned, you know, namely any card that mentions anti. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, I'm looking here, I'm like, what is Temerian Fiends, and why the hell is that banned? And I just <laughs> pulled it up, I'm like, oh, because one of the first sentences says anti. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, things like that. 
then things that like uh, need uh, physical dexterity is also bands like Chaos Orb because the, 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 Nate, the judge at uh, That's Entertainment, put it to me in a really you know succinct way that I never realized that Wizards doesn't want magic to be a physical game. They want mm-hmm. it to be available to anyone to be able to play. So if someone you know has a, a handicap where they're not able to you know, make physical motions, it wouldn't be fair for them if there were cards that involved, you know, dexterity that required you to, you know, throw the card on the table or lift it up to a high to a height. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things of that reason, nature are also banned. And then probably just the third pillar of that would just be the power. You know, obviously the power has to stay banned. Anything that's banned in, in vintage, with some exceptions, probably should also be banned uh, in Legacy. I think the they also ban just on time. Like, on time requirements? Like, that's why Shaharazad's banned. Right, right, exactly. Um, it's more common in modern, but it's definitely something that happens in Legacy. I mean, that's one of the reasons why World of Warrior Dragon was banned in the first place, too, was time restraints. Yeah. What about a card like Gush? Can you, can you be unbanned? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's my... That's my uh, my poster child of ones that I want unbanned. I feel like that would be a cool card in the Delver deck because it, you're you're sort of sacrificing your ability to cast spells for the card draw, which mm-hmm. I think is a little bit more fair than delving away seven cards and, and a, tapping a single blue for drawing three. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love Gush, and it is a completely fair card in a Delver deck because you're basically setting yourself off two mana in order to... Uh, you know, draw some extra cards, which I love. Gush is one of my favorite cards. I played it back in when Stasis was my go-to legacy deck back in the way, way old times. But there's a couple problems with Gush. Okay. One, it can be used as a counter to Wasteland, which may not necessarily be a problem. You know, you could go waste your opponent's Tropical Island, and they could cast Gush, return the Tropical Island and another island to their hand, in order to protect it and basically blank your wasteland. Right. Not necessarily blank, because you're still getting it off the field, but it's not like you cut them off mana. Right. That, on its own, is probably not enough of a reason why Gush wouldn't be unbanned, because I see that as a perfectly legitimate, you know, play that would be fun, kind of in ways to interact with the deck. The real problem is... Gush has the potential of just making Storm and High Tide just absolutely busted. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just like any deck running four of those can really abuse it. Yeah, I mean... Sorry. (laughs) Imagine the extra draw card Omni Show gets. Yeah, it's like, imagine if Dig Through Time or Treasure Cruise just causes zero. (laughs) (laughs) Like, anytime you're adjusting mana cost and involving drawing cards, there's definitely a potential for exploit. Sure. So, while I wished Gush would be unbanned, because in a perfect world it would only be run in Delver and Fair decks, its potential in combo decks is just way too great. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think, um, wasn't it Steve Menendian wrote a book about it? Did he? I believe so. He he wrote a whole book about Gush. Uh, oh, it, yeah. Was it Steve I think Menendian? you're right. Think so. Understanding Gush, yeah, Steve Menendian. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody wants uh, a deeper perspective on the card and the nature of the card, uh, there's a good resource for you. Yeah. 
One that I think actually has a legitimate chance of coming off the banned list is Earthcraft. Oh, I thought you were going to say Chaos Orb. <laughs> no, no, I wish. I run, I run Chaos Confetti in my EDH deck just for laughs. Yeah, but. I think we, I think we were talking about Earthcraft with Frankie, right? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Earthcraft because just why? Tap an untapped creature you control. Untapped target basic land. Like you can't even take advantage of it with, uh, you know, Gaia's Cradle or anything crazy like that. It's like, the whole reason why it was banned was because it was part of a combo piece that made infinite 1-1 tokens. And there are plenty of other combo pieces. So, I think Earthcraft is probably the number one thing that should probably come off. What about you guys? You guys have any uh, horses in the race? No, I don't fucking care. I mean, like, <laughs> like, I guess my thought would be, like, Black Vice. Yeah, that was the other one I was thinking of. Why, why do you want to see Black Vice unbanned? Um... There's a number of decks that like I'll play against with. They're actually hellbent anyway. Like watch watch Miracle's top deck. You know what I mean? It's just I'm, I'm not going to push them up to four cards. Like the only the only I think the only decks that seem to be pressed by that are decks playing an excessive amount of cantrips, replacing the card in the hand, mm-hmm. and the ones that need to sculpt a hand to do something. Yeah, I think the real the reason why they're also not allowing it is because this would be a really good win condition for a land destruction deck. You know, one of the biggest problems yeah. with land destruction is it struggles to win once it destroys all of its opponent's lands. This sure. is just a one mana thing that you can throw on the board and just keep your opponent from ever casting a spell. Sure, black vice choke wasteland, all that shit. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. So then, if we. Are we just going to discuss the reason why these cards are banned? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we should probably just leave them on the banned list. <laughs> wow. Way to lose during all the fun. <laughs> What's the fun? Fun. Because we're speculating. <laughs> how about, how about, uh, yeah, okay, so. Mystical right. Tutor. Mystical Tutor should be unbanned. There yeah. you go. Have at it. Sure. See Oh, look how much fun that is. No debate. <laughs> really? Oh, is it Dig Through Time Instant? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Probably not even good enough. Wouldn't see play. <laughs> Omni Show just wants that shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to mystical tutor something to the top and get taxi and probe you. Oh, man. <laughs> Animator? Uh, back in the glory days, Reanimator when mystical tutor was legal. <laughs> I was going to say for a while that... Uh, Yagamoth's Bargain could probably be unbanned because Drizzlebrand exists. But I was actually just looking at that and thinking the same thing. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I'm already sick of Omnisho. Do I really want an overpowered enchantment to re-enter the format? Probably not. I'd go for it. At least it puts him in two colors. What if, yeah. what if, I mean, what if Dig got banned and, and Yagamoth's Bargain became unbanned? <laughs> I think that'd be pretty you, awesome. Yeah, you might even see a price jump and replenish. Yeah. Right, like, well, I'm thinking, like, if... Because Deathrite Shaman can't eat it. <laughs> it's true. If Omni if Omni is so, hev- you know, heavily um, relying on Dig Through Time to make it a good deck, to make it a, a more consistent deck, do you think that, like, banning that and then bringing back Yawgmoth, like, do you think Omni would still be a deck after that? Oh, yeah, I don't think they're heavily relying on Dig Through Time. I think no. it would be a, I think it would be a totally different deck, though. Like, I almost don't even think they... Well, I mean, maybe Omni Show has it. Omni Show as we know it would not exist, but I can okay. definitely see like a more black-based deck with Omni Show. 
And you can ask Chris, Chris Cheeky about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that would be pretty awesome, though at the same time, it would probably make Storm absolutely insane. Okay. Like, oh. Storm is just a deck that keeps a lot of these on the banned list because, oh, that that card's pretty fair. Yeah, I can totally see them unbanded. Oh, wait, Storm would run it. <laughs> <laughs> like, same thing with, like, Wheel of Fortune. But doesn't, what, doesn't Storm get more value off Ad Nauseam? Uh, maybe. Because you get, well, you're, you're getting Lotus Petals for free, Chrome Moxes for free. This sticks around, though. Like, even if you fizzle one turn, you can just kind of restart the next turn if you if you need to untap the lands or... Yeah, I guess you could brainstorm and draw two lands for free. Oh, no, well, no, not off this. No, never mind. You can also, like, stop and cast spells in between the activations. So you can pay one life, draw a brainstorm, brainstorm, and then pay more life to draw more cards if you see fit. And then cast Children of Corliss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that Children of Corliss would probably see a pretty big spike. <laughs> from from 30 cents to a dollar. <laughs> hey, that's over triple the price. <laughs> yep. But, um... No, no, what I was saying, like, Wheel of Fortune. Like, Burn players would be like, oh, yeah, this card's awesome. This could make Burn a legitimate deck. Oh, but it makes Storm an absolute nightmare. Yeah. All right, so then these are all just the reasons why these cards are banned. Right, so the struggle... Ah, the struggle is that we're trying to find cards that could be unbanned. <laughs> what about Mental Misstep? No. <laughs> Cheer, like, uh, not, a, not a chance? Oh, my God, you were not around when Mental Misstep was legal. No, Elves. I wasn't. I mean, I've... <laughs> Elves I've was running was, Mental Misstep. <laughs> well, I mean, doesn't don't you think that's a great deck? That's a great card to everyone bitches and moans about. Every deck runs Brainstorm, but I think that's a great like counter to Brainstorm. So people say every deck runs Brainstorm is a hyperbole. There's everyone says that because sure, lots of deck runs Brainstorm. It was a literal fact that every deck ran Mental Misstep when Mental Misstep was legal. Every single deck. Because it was colorless. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't say every deck runs brainstorm being literal. I just mean that's everyone's everyone who bitches and moans about legacy says, oh, you know, everyone runs brainstorm, which obviously isn't true. But like, well, the thing I mean, is, metal worker can run metal misstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, metal worker doesn't play counter spells, right? Aside from like a chalice, which is not, it's it's. <sighs> mental misstep makes everybody else play mental misstep just to counter the mental missteps. Mm-hmm. So people were basically starting playing Magic with 56-card decks and 5-card hands because they would keep two mental missteps in their opening hand. Okay. It's just like you could lower the deck restriction down to 56 cards and have the same effect as unbanning mental misstep. <laughs> what about balance? I think balance could definitely be unbanned. I I think the time is right for that. It's like, sure, some decks can take advantage of that, but you have to put a lot of work into taking full advantage out of balance. I'd be curious to see what a black-white Pox deck would look like with balance. Yeah. Well, there's the modern deck that runs the suspend balance. Yeah, restore balance. Right, so I could even see that making a port over to Legacy if actual balance was unbanned, like the Greater Gargadon. You sack all your permanents to to get Greater Gargadon to come into play, and then you cast balance. Mm Mm-hmm. So oh, you mean cast balance and then sack everything? In res- well, you leave one time counter on the creator Gargadon so it comes right. to play next turn. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the other 
topics that was kind of brought up that I was thinking about because I don't I don't know are, are we gonna keep going over the band list because uh, I think I'll, I think all we're coming up with is the reason yeah. why cards about band which, yeah <laughs> um was hive mind oh yeah that question um talking about kind of decks that have fallen by the wayside did you guys ever see hive mind in modern no mm. this it was just before um what the hell did they ban seething song Okay. Like they'd ramp out a hive mind and start. Have you ever seen hive mind, Pat? No, I'm not familiar with the card. Okay, hive mind's an enchantment. It's like a a blue and five colorless. And it says it says call a judge. So (laughs) whenever whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery, uh, each player gets a copy of that spell on the stack. Okay. So if I if I get a hive mind out and you cast. Um, and then I cast like a brainstorm. You get a copy of a brainstorm also, and yours resolves before mine. So the other, so does each each player get an additional copy of that spell, or just the the opponent gets a copy of that spell? You uh, know what I'm saying. Uh, so if I cast the hive mind and then I cast a brainstorm, you get a copy of a brainstorm, and then I, you brainstorm. Right. So you would brainstorm first, then my brainstorm would resolve. That type okay. of thing. Okay. So the way Hive Mind works, uh, in Legacy, they'll, they'd show and tell in a Hive Mind, and then start yep. casting, like, Pact of the Titan, uh, Summoning Pact, um, and then, like, you would get copies also, then they pass the turn and you die during the upkeep because you can't pay right. the cost. Right. And then, like, if you tried to cast Force of Will, they'd get a copy of Force of Will, counter your Force of Will, their Pact still resolves. Mm. It's this really, like, it's a, it's a, it's a wild stack. Um, and when Omni Show st- when I when I was playing Omni Show and it was like blue red Burning Wish, Omni Show, I cast Show and Tell, and I put in Omniscience, and my opponent put in Hive Mind, <laughs> <laughs> and because it wasn't instant speed, like you know I could Living Wish for Ulamog and all that stuff, but yeah, I didn't have an instant speed kill, and uh, and I folded to it. It was it was really it was really wild. Now with instant speed Omni Show, they can kill you. You know, if, if I cast Show and Tell, put in Hive Mind, they put in Omniscience, They just cutting wish and release the ants on me, or right. do do whatever. Um, they can now kill me before the end of that turn. But they were doing it in Modern for a little while before they banned Seething Song. And I know a couple of people who kept trying to bring the deck back into Modern. Uh, I I think the real reason why it's fallen off the face in Legacy is it's just kind of a worse version of the Omni Show at this point. It's trying to do the same things, but it just takes a lot more effort and a lot more cards to actually assemble. Yep. Because um, you have to run all the packs, and those packs are dead draws if you don't have the Hive Mind. Um, so it, it's just a, you know, Omni Show does the same thing but better. Which is kind of sad because the deck was really interesting to run into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, what about what about some other decks that have fallen by the wayside? Are there any decks, Adrian, that you used to see in the legacy meta that you haven't seen in a while that you kinda miss? Blue Red Omni show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> any unique decks? <laughs> unique? What do you mean unique? Like Like I miss I miss seeing Shardless Bug, but that's not really unique. Yeah, I mean, well, Charlotte's Bug is still around. It just isn't around that much right now. Yeah. Like, 
when, when I say that, like, one thing I was thinking of is Zoo. Like, Zoo I have not seen in probably about two years or so. There's a few decks that I've seen that are not, like... I mean, one of the decks that I, that I, I used to like to see that you just don't see it at, like, I don't know, large SCG events or whatever, but when you face it, it's... Oh, actually, what the hell was... Uh, I was thinking of the Soldier's deck. Like, that was the first deck I was seeing that actually was using Cabinet Souls to a great effect. It was all white, and they'd start getting, like... Yeah, I got I got handled by that. Um, what, like, mono-white mono white weenies? Uh, not even so much. It had, like, Odric, Master Tactician, and, like... It, it just... It was, uh... God, I saw it on SCG coverage once, too. It was, uh... That was actually cool. And what's the, what's the one that the other um, God? There was there was another deck that like what was it like a year ago? People were playing that. Oh my God! What the hell's that? Mog not Mog Catcher. Mog not Mog War Marshal. No, yeah, Mog Catcher, wasn't it? Oh, Goblin Stompy. Yeah, I mean, I saw it like a Dragon Stompy deck recently, but the Goblin one, yeah, he was using like Kiki Jiki and Goblin Settler. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that deck's fairly new. Uh, sure, but when's the last time you saw it? Uh, a year, year ago? No, I probably I saw it about like three months ago. Okay, so I don't know. Give me a time frame. I don't really understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like major <laughs> meta players that were like huge deals in the legacy meta that just have fallen out of favor, and the meta has shifted. And even though the meta's kind of come back around, they still haven't come back. Um, you know, decks kind of like Maverick. Maverick had fallen off the face of the earth for a while, and then the meta shifted and it came back for a little bit, but it's seems to have fallen off yet again. Um, Zoo is the big one. Zoo used to be one of the most popular decks in Legacy two years ago, and I have not seen it since then, basically. No, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I thought Zoo was really good, because Zoo used to prey on Merfolk, when Merfolk was one of the most popular Legacy decks. Zoo came about as kind of a, uh, a counter to it, and it was just kind of an example of a deck being too good at what it does, because if you, if your deck preys on a certain segment of the meta, which Zoo did, it gets to a point where it does its job so well that it destroys all the decks, people who are playing those decks stop playing them, and your deck stops being good in the meta. Well, listen, I mean, in general, elves will beat merfolk, right? Uh, true, because, I mean, they just don't have any, they don't have the island walk, and they can combo off on them, so, but it was like, this was before Elves was even a deck. Like, Zoo was popular before Louis Scott Vargas really, uh, you know, took Elves and showed everyone what, what you could do with Elves. So what was that, like, before Glimpse of Nature or something? Uh, Glimpse of Nature had been printed, it's just no one had really thought to put it together yet. Oh, okay. Huh. What about a deck like Hypergenesis? Yeah, that's a really good example. Um, yeah, that one has also just kind of disappeared, which is kind of a shame because it's it's a uh, it's a pretty sweet deck. Pat, where'd you pull that yeah. one out? So I was watching uh, some YouTube <laughs> videos. I was watching some YouTube videos today, and um, there was an older one. It was like two years old, and it was just like a deck tech that Jerry T did on Hypergenesis. And so I watched it today, and I thought it was actually pretty a pretty cool deck. No, it, um, it is. It is. It, 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 um, when, when, I think the, the first time I remembered seeing it was like just after Shardless Agent was printed. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it took people a little bit to figure out how to just stop Shardless Agent. Like, yeah. just stifle the cascade. 
And then, right. you know, they're sitting there with a handful of, like, big fatties they can't cast. Right. I mean, it was kind of cool to see them running, like, four Armor Cool, four Gristlebrand, three Progenitus, and two Tarasodon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that deck was sweet. I think it had a couple faults, which pushed it out of the meta, and one was that it was symmetrical. You know, your opponent got to put the cards into play, because I remember seeing Hypergenesis versus Mud. And the Hypergenesis player casts Hypergenesis and, you know, puts in, you know, a couple of fatties. And then the Mud player goes, and the Mud player puts in, like, Blightsteel, uh, Blightsteel Colossus and, you know, a bunch of other things, and then gives the Blightsteel haste, um, and just wins the game from there. So, <laughs> you could combo out and still lose on the spot, which is definitely yeah. a feel-bad moment. And then the second is just, you know, it ran all those fatties, which were sweet. But like Adrian said, is if the combo doesn't go off, you have a bunch of uncastable cards in your hand that you can't do anything about. Right, yeah. But as a nice little segue, um, we've somehow managed to completely avoid talking about spoilers for the new set, even though now the entire spoiler is out. And one card that I've heard a little bit of buzz about is the Bring to Light. So Bring to Light is the three-colorless green-blue card with Converge. Search your library for a creature instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of colors of mana spent to cast Bring to Light. Exile that card, then shuffle your library. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Um, so I've heard a little bit of buzz. I'm not entirely sure if this works, so if we have a judge in the audience, uh, please set us straight. But people are saying that you can use Bring to Light as an alternative way to cast Hypergenesis. Um, really? Right, because even though it doesn't have a mana cost, you're exiling it and casting it for, uh, without paying its mana cost. So I'm not 100% if that works, but that would be a cool little interaction um, that you can use Bring to Light to tutor up the Hypergenesis, which may be what that deck needs in order to really set it back, uh, set it back on a, on, you know, <laughs> as a good deck. Hold on, hold on. I'm still trying to find it. Was the casting cost five? Yeah, the casting cost is five. <laughs> okay, so Bring the Light needs a five casting cost sorcery to start to bring it the deck back? Yes, yes, it <laughs> Okay, does. all right, all right. Just make hey, sure I got that hey, right. Hey, 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 it's, it's happened before. <laughs> well, people were talking about, like, oh, well, maybe this is the start of, like, a blue-green storm deck. or Also, you know, this is also modern legal. Hypergenesis is legal and modern, isn't it? Actually, I could see Tron. See, I was looking at this other scour from existence. No, Hypergenesis is banned in modern. Oh, it is? Yeah. Never mind, oh, alright. You could just cascade. Oh my god, that'd be dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, well, the balance is bad enough. Well, there isn't any cascade in modern because all yes, the cast- there is. How do you, how do you think the restore balance deck functions? Uh, the restore balance, cause they actually just suspend it. Aren't no, all cascade no, no. cards? No, you get violent outburst. Aren't all Cascade cards uh, not printed in any legal sets, though? They're no, all... no, 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 no. Look up, look up Violent Outburst. That's one of them, anyway. There's two of them. There's also there's a blue-white one. There's a green-red one. There's a black-red one, I think. Violent Outburst, I think, is... Uh, is that red-green or red-black? All right, yeah, I'll look it up. <laughs> Violent Outburst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Restore Balance deck has... Uh, Arden oh, I guess it is. Oh, yeah. it was in Alara Reborn. Yeah, it's got Ardent Plea is the white blue one that I think mm-hmm. is an enchantment, and then um, and Violent Outburst. Anyway, those are two that'll cascade into Restore Balance. 
Oh, I never knew. Oh, yeah, it's Shards of Lore. I never knew those were modern legal. Yeah, because I, I like that deck because it used the border posts, mm-hmm. w- which I liked when I was playing land tax anyway. Yeah. Because it had a, you know, I could bounce lands and keep triggering land tax. But um, I was actually looking up the Scour from Existence. It's like seven mana instant, exile target permanent, colorless. It doesn't have to be a colorless permanent, it's a colorless card. It, well, it's not, it, all right, it's not even fucking devoid. It just has, <laughs> it has no color. It's seven colorless mana, exile target permanent. I'm like, I wonder if that's like mud removal. Um, yeah. Well, I feel spine is is better than that because spine they can just reuse. Right, but spine's not instant speed. It's not. You're right. Um, uh, we should we should ask the mud players see see what they would actually run because I can definitely see the benefits of either or. Um, you know, instant speed compared to reusable. Yeah, like maybe in response. Well. Yeah, I guess there's better answers in mud to... Hmm. Yeah, I'd just be curious. I mean, I guess my only thought in comparison to it wasn't really spine. It was all is dust. Yeah, all is dust is also a good alternative. I think all is dust is probably better, though, just because it it wipes the entire board. Yeah, it's just all is dust is sorcery. But it's, it's just, I was looking at it as, like, comparative. Yeah. But target removal versus board wipe, really. Right, exactly. I just wish it wasn't seven. If it costs less than that, that would be really good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. Well, we we saved the best for last because I of all the cards in the set, I think there's probably only one that actually will legitimately see legacy play. Ulamog ceaseless hunger. Uh, no, not even. I mean, I guess Ulamog counts too. I mean, I, I, I see play in like. A broader sense than just in in mud. Okay. That, that's uh. Have you guys seen the combo with retreat to coral helm? No. So shout out to Caleb because he was the first one to show me this, and it's all the buzz, and it's caused Knight of the Reliquary to triple in price since it really? was spoiled. Yeah, Knight of the Reliquary went from five dollars to fifteen dollars pretty much overnight once this was spoiled. So retreat to coral helm is two colorless and a blue. Landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, it's an enchantment, by the way. So whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. One option is scry, so that alone is just pretty good. Even if you don't have the combo, you can play it out, and every time you play a land, you get to scry. But the second ability, which is the the moneymaker, is you may tap or untap target creature. Holy shit. So with Knight of the Reliquary, you basically take every land in your deck and put it onto the battlefield. Knight of the Reliquary becomes huge. Um, and you can probably find a way to win from there with either a 2020 Knight of the Reliquary by sacking your lands. Or, or flinging them. Or flinging them. Also, the <laughs> other one is like, one of the lands you grab is Kessig Wolf Run, because you also can tap the mm-hmm. lands for mana. So you make a shit ton of mana, play a Kessig Wolf Run, give Knight of the Reliquary plus X plus zero and trample. Um, but... Just that, so I'm pretty interested. I, I've been wanting to build a Bant deck for a while. That's why I got my playset of Noble Hierarchs recently. So I think that's probably a pretty good place to start brewing. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, and that actually does allow both Worldly Tutor and Enlightened Tutor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's pretty interesting. Glad I have my, my knights now. Um going to be interesting to see what comes of it because they're both it's two three mana cards 
in order to combo off with, but the style of deck you would probably want to play that in, that probably doesn't matter as much. You're not trying to combo off on turn one. You're kind of playing a mid-range deck, and even if you just play as a Bant mid-range, you know, deck with Stoneforge Mystics and Knight of the Reliquaries, this could be your instant speed win condition that, you know, you kind of just like to have that alternative win. Hmm. So is this good? This isn't going to slot into like Maverick as it as it exists now, right? Because that's just green white. Uh, I mean, it could definitely be in a Maverick build. I think its biggest benefit is that it is blue because this now lets you play it with. You know, you're not forced to splash blue just to get access to brainstorms and ponders. You're playing blue anyways, which lets you have the shell of brainstorm ponder force a will, um, <laughs> which is a pretty nice starting point for any legacy deck. Uh, so this plus. Uh, Night of the Reliquary, you know, you're already in green and white, so you can throw in Stoneforge Mystic, you can play Jace the Mind Sculptor, Noble Hierarch as your ramp, um, to, to be able to play these cards, you know, curve into them, so you can play Knight on turn two, this on turn three, and win from there. Huh. So, so if you go turn one, Noble Hierarch, turn two, Night of the Reliquary, turn three, Retreat to Coral Helm, you win on turn three, which is, you know, a pretty decent clock even by legacy standards. Well, wouldn't you be able to basically make, um, not infinite mana, but as much mana as you, as, as much mana as you have lands in your deck if you have Night Out, you have Noble Hierarch out, and you have this, uh, enchantment out as well? Yep, exactly. And it also even gets even more crazy with fetch lands. <clears throat> Because right. it triggers off yeah. the fetch land. So you can knight up a fetch land, sack the fetch land, untap the knight, and, you know, use it for other things, um, and just kind of build from there. And also just being able to fetch out utility lands, have them all in play. Um, it's gonna be interesting. Gonna definitely be a, a pretty sweet deck to see be, you know, come about. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, if you haven't already gotten your Knight of the Reliquaries, see if you can still pick them up for cheap. Did you guys watch any of the uh, Community Cup this weekend? No. Oh, I'm not really into it. I mean, they won. It was like fucking... It's like the most casual of casual events. No, it doesn't really appeal to me, but... Yeah, in case think... anyone's wondering, they did win. So, yeah. yay. That's good. <laughs> so, I think... yay. And I'm going to sell my uh, my Magic Online collection. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah, I got a quote, and the decimal place was to the right of where I was expecting it to be. Oh, shit. So you play too much moto, man. <laughs> Apparently, I I got the quote. And I'm like, oh god, why do I have this much invested in digital digital nothing? <laughs> yeah, I I, I like I started to build a, I started to build Blue Red Delver online, and like I just I couldn't bring myself to spend the fucking money on just digital objects. It's <sighs> yeah, I you couldn't do it, man. Like shout out, shout out to Heavy Meta Midget because he's still doing the you know the free Legacy tournament. But if I can't even bring myself, I mean we record during it, and I dedicate myself to the podcast. But if I can't <laughs> even if I can't even bring myself to play in a free Legacy event on Magic Online, you know why do I have this much money tied up in it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to sell my uh, my Modo collection. I've been shopping it around and been, been getting some pretty decent quotes on it. Hmm. So, yeah, I think I'm going to just get out of that and take the money and run. Invest it in some real paper. Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know, man. I, I certainly... I haven't played... What's it, what do they do? Like a little fucking sample thing or some shit? Because I, I installed it once and I played a little bit and I'm like, it's just definitely not the same. Yeah, it doesn't... No, it's not. The aspect and... 
No, I'm, I'm really interested in playing. I, I, I like getting to know the people that I'm playing across the table from. You know, and, and there's not a hell of a lot of that. And there's something about actually physically shuffling the cards. Yeah, it's it's, it's all. Well, you know what? So one thing I did notice, and just going back to, to the uh, community cup, not necessarily about the actual event, but like I watched some of the uh, streaming coverage, and they literally had people playing. Like uh, they were doing drafts of Battle for Zendikar. And they're doing drafts across from each other, looking at laptops. Like, absolutely no interaction between the players. They're just looking at a laptop, playing a fucking game. And I'm like, I think one of the best things about Magic is that it brings people together, like, physically. Like, you actually have to play with someone. And to me, like, it was very sad to see two people playing a game across from each other, just staring at their laptops. Like, they may have been in separate rooms or separate continents, because there was no, like... You know what I mean? There was just nothing between them. I don't know, man. I, I really was bummed out by that. I thought it was pretty shitty. T- taking a step back, I just noticed something that was pretty shocking to me on the spoiler. What's that? Uh, volcanic Upheaval. Three colors and a red. Instant, which is pretty big instant. Destroy target land. That's it. So, instant speed, stone rain for four. Playability-wise, it's not that great. I don't think it's going to see legacy play. I'm just shocked because Wizards, for the longest time, has had an anti-land destruction approach. Yeah. You know, when was the last time a card that said destroy target land was printed? Like, probably before modern cards started being printed. Like, sure, there's been cards that destroy non-basic lands, but very rarely do we get a card that can actually destroy basic lands. I think, I mean, I think that contextually it's important in this set, just for for Battle for Zendikar, but I agree with you, like, they definitely tend to shy away from land destruction, which I still feel like, I still feel like a card like Wasteland could be printed and be fine in standard and fine in modern myself, but maybe that's just me. I just thought it was pretty surprising. And yeah, should we uh, get into what the hell should I play? Sure. Ooh. Oh <laughs> yeah. We've been getting a lot of requests for decks to cover in this, so I'm really glad you guys like the segment, and we will try and get to. Every single deck, we have a long list of them, but, you know, rest assured, as long as we're doing this, we will get through them all eventually. Here's the list. So, first one on the docket is at ZachLincoln1. Hit me up on Twitter. Well, hit all three of us up on Twitter. And that's the first one that I've received, so we're going to go with that as first. So, if you guys have a deck idea, hit us up on Twitter or hit us up on Facebook. But Zach is actually giving us the choice, so I'll leave it to you guys to decide. He would like a segment on either 12 Post or Sneak and Show. Either one of those strike your boy's fancy? Um, probably Sneak and Show, because I'm actually... I wouldn't recommend jumping into 12 Post. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about you, Pat? Yeah, that sounds good to me. I guess uh, I guess real quick before we get into this, I don't know if I'm going to get it put together in time, but Braden on the Facebook group was talking about some brewing ideas, and he pointed out a combo that seems way too sweet to me not to play. He's good for that. Yeah, he is really good for that. So I ordered them in the mail. Uh, they're in the mail now. I ordered them because they were only 30 cents each. But have you guys heard of a card called Need for Speed? <laughs> is that a real card? It is a real card. It is from Odyssey. It is a rare it is one red for an enchantment. Sacrifice a land. Target creature gains haste until end of turn. Okay. 
And it combos really, really well with Titania, Priestess of Aragoth. Oh. So you play Titania, you bring back a mountain from your graveyard, play Need for Speed, start sacking lands to give the creatures haste, and however many lands you have equals 5-3 haste creatures. (laughs) So... Kind of going off the aggro loam list, was thinking of kind of a veteran explorer package with, you know, green, black, red, so jund colors, veteran explorer, cabal therapy to ramp into titania, need for speed, combo finish. And then, you know, you can flesh the deck out with other, you know, aggro loam pieces like punishing fire, uh, and you know, what have you. So just wanted to bring that up real sweet, uh, real quick, but, until I put that deck together, I think I will jump back onto Sneak and Show for a bit until uh, I can get my Brewer's Crave satisfied. Yeah, I like you playing Sneak and Show. I like I like watching you. You seem very comfortable with the deck. So it's a dead simple deck, which is I think its greatest strength for a new player thinking to get into it. Um, the deck is super linear and straightforward. It is yeah. get your combo pieces, play your combo pieces. Yep. You know, one piece of advice I heard about Sneak and Show is if you're not sure if your opponent has the counter magic or not, just play the combo piece. Because worst case scenario, they have the counter magic and they counter your combo piece and you got the counter spell out of their hand. So now all you have to do is draw another combo piece. <laughs> now, Jerry, do you play Jace in Sneak and Show? I play a one of Jace. Um, just because I, I feel better knowing I have an alternate win condition. Like, nothing is worse for me personally than playing a deck and my opponent plays a card that I don't have an answer for, and that card shuts me out of the game. For example, in Sneak and Show, if I don't have that Jace, and my opponent plays Ensnaring Bridge, and I don't have my Bounce Spell, I didn't board it in, or I already cast it on something else, it's just an auto-lose. There's no way for the deck to beat an Ensnaring Bridge outside of a Bounce spell. Um, so I just like having a one-of Jace, just so psychologically I can know that I, even if when my back is against the wall, there is still something I can draw that, that wins me the game. So not necessarily, you know, the best deck brewing or best, you know, list optimization, but for me, psychologically, it's definitely something I like. It's kind of my security blanket. Jace is my blankie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we've had that kind of talk before too. And I, I'm personally, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Jace and Snake and Show. Yeah. I like, I like the ability to, you know, uh, brainstorm every turn if needed. I like the ability to keep my opponent off their top deck if needed. Yeah, exactly. I've had it in a sneak and show mirror where I kept my opponent away from creatures. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Besides Omni Show, it's one of the combo decks that I, I like to play combo decks anyway. And like sneak and show is one of the few combo decks where I can actually play Chase. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And at the same time, if I'm not playing what sneak and show in Emrakul, I can Jace bounce him and make sure I still have him next turn too. You know? Yeah, little little attractions like that. Yeah. Before we get ahead of ourselves, though, we should keep in mind, you know, some of our listeners may not have seen the deck because it has kind of ducked out of sight in recent times. It used to be kind of the big, bad, you know, boogeyman of the format. Uh, I remember last year, the Star City Games Invitational had, like, half when Grizzlebrand was first printed, Sneak It Show and Reanimator was just at an all-time high, and the IQ had, like, I think it was, like, 
seven of the eight decks were either Sneak and Show or Reanimator. So the way the deck functions is, you know, Show and Tell, which uh, in case anyone hasn't heard of it before, you should probably read this card because it's a big deal in Legacy. Two colorless, one blue for a sorcery. Each player may put an artifact, creature, enchantment, or land. Not a planeswalker. Keep that in mind. Lots of people try and do that and catch them on that if they do. Um, card from his or her hand onto the battlefield. So that's the straightforward, simple part of the deck. Cast show and tell, put Grizzlebrand or Emrakul onto the battlefield, and win from there. Um, the other combo piece, the second part, is the sneak attack function, which is a red enchantment for three colorless and a red, and it has pay one red. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That creature gains haste. Sacrifice this creature at the beginning of the next end step. Those are the kind of two main pieces. The rest of the deck is basically just cantrips and counterspells mm-hmm. to draw the combo and protect the combo. So... Uh, Pat, as a newer player, what do you kind of think about when you, when you, when you look at this deck? Um, I mean, I think it's pretty neat. Again, I think one of the cool things about it is that as the combo piece, or as the combo deck, it's, um, sort of easy to see the, the plays, the plays that you need to make to make that combo happen. Um, I like the fact that you're in blue, and it gives you access to some, some blue spells, um, namely Force of Will. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a cool deck, and I think that casting Emrakul is just awesome. So, so that that that's something that I always thought that was neat about Sneak and Show. Definitely. Um, Adrian, what would you say are kind of the biggest weaknesses of the deck? Uh, Phyrexian Revokers. <laughs> okay. So because how- I don't really play creature removal when I play Sneak and Show. <laughs> that is true. Um, I mean, it's an artifact, so I guess the same thing could be said with uh, Pithing Needle. The neat, thing, the neat thing I like about Sneak and Show is I can build it so many different ways. Like, you know, one of the things I'm not I'm not a fan of just grabbing 75 off off a website and throwing them together. Like it's got to be. I mean, of course, you know, I, of course, I did that. I fucking love Logan Crean's Ten Pins list. <laughs> but the uh, you know, when it comes to the neat thing for me about Sneak and Show, and it's really just all the different variations of playing Grizzlebrand. I was just thinking about it. The um. The modern version of Gorio's Vengeance that I was playing was playing a card that I started playing in Legacy. And at, at first, some of the guys who were really good at like, like, they look at my hand and go, what the hell is that? And they'd start reading it. And they realized it's free. It's not of this world. Are you guys familiar not with not of this world? Is not that from like world. original Zendikar? Uh, that's Rise of the Eldrazi, yeah. Card's like 50 cents. <laughs> it's awesome. It so, is. So it's seven mana, counter target spell or ability that targets permanent you control. Not of this world costs seven less to cast if it targets a spell or ability that targets a creature you control with power seven or greater. Okay. So I would play, like, in modern you use, and I was thinking about it because you were talking about playing against Splinter Twin earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, in modern I'd, I'd get, uh, say, Emrakul in. Somebody yep. flashes in Pestermite and taps down my Emrakul. Right. So I, I could play Not of This World and counter that ability. Yeah, because it also has the Stifle Clause. It also t- counters abilities, which is yeah. rare. Yeah, so it actually gets the guy with a Caracas. Yep. Yeah, it counters Caracas. <laughs> it's, it's, Woo! It's, it's actually really... Uh, it's 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 something I'd keep, like... I don't know, depending on how like what what I'm expecting, what I'm thinking. I'd have, like, 
one, two, maybe three in the sideboard. Like no, usually two, um, because Grizzlebrand can draw into it if needed. Right. Like if I show and tell in Grizzlebrand and you put in Caracas, I could draw into it out of this world. Right. Right. Um, which really only does me good until you untap. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's not of this world is a cute ability out of the deck. Um, like the standard list is the standard list. I, I, I like the idea of playing a Jace. Um, I like the access to. I like the ability to play a combo deck that can play Blood Moon and play through a Blood Moon. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about the deck is you can get a turn one Blood Moon, which just shuts so many other decks out of the out of the game, and it's mm-hmm. decks that you lose to, like Delver decks. So you can play a turn one Blood Moon. And they have to use their counter magic on that Blood Moon, which means you can just combo them out the next turn. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other? I mean, the, the way it was put to me a while ago was like uh, that somebody, and this was before the spike, the spike in omniscience, but somebody was talking about Omni Show being the poor man's version of Sneak and Show. Right, right. And then, you know, the, the spike in omniscience, and now they're probably about parallel. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, that's what I'm hoping for if Dig Through Time does get banned. I feel Sneak and Show comes back as the prominent show intel deck, because losing Dig Through Time is not nearly as big a deal for Sneak and Show as it is for Omni Show. And I feel Omni Show being as popular as it is is what's really holding Sneak and Show back right now. Because people are sideboarding and, you know, stacking hate for Omni Show, which just through collateral damage also hits Sneak and Show because they share a lot in common. Well, and they, they do so much that what I actually liked was uh, some of the Snow, Show and Tell decks, the last Sneak and Show decks I was seeing were actually siding in an omniscience. Right, right, because in the mirror match you just need it. Um not even the mirror match, but the Omni Show versus Sneak and Show match. You just need it. Um, I would say when you know talking about the deck's weaknesses, I feel more often than not the deck beats itself. Um, because the deck is so linear, it's pretty simple to play. Um, the times you lose is not because you made a bad decision or because you played wrong but just because the deck just didn't draw the right cards in the right order. and that, <laughs> You get a grip full of creatures and no enablers. Yeah, yeah, you like you draw a hand <laughs> and it's like a bunch of lands, Grizzlebrand, Evercool. <laughs> Fuck, I should have just been playing Hypergenesis. Right, and even after, like, yeah, exactly. Even after, like, casting cantrips, like, you'll cast, like, two ponders and a brainstorm, and somehow you still end up with half your combo pieces and none of the other half. <laughs> so, just for me personally, that was one of the most frustrating parts of the deck, was feeling kind of powerless, feeling like it wasn't my play style because I can get better as a player. I cannot get better as a card drawer. I can't get better <laughs> at drawing better cards. <laughs> I mean, without, you know, becoming like a burden genie or the like. <laughs> You're not in that game, though. So. I'm not in that game. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what was really frustrating with for me about the deck is, you know, just sometimes you kind of feel powerless. Price-wise, it's also not the cheapest of decks to get into. It's not as expensive as Bug Delver, but it's not that far off. Right now, TCG player for a stock internet list, um, it's putting the price at $2,285. Yeah, but I think, and and 
with that, the only cards that are expensive and non-versatile are the sneak attacks. Right. No, that is a good point. That the only card that really doesn't go into any other deck is the sneak attack. The other cards go into a little bit narrower because, you know, you're limiting yourself to the Omni Show, but Show and Tell is itself, Grizzlebrand, Emrakul, those are cards that open up a whole segment of combo decks for you. Mm-hmm. You know, other than LED, Lion's Eye Diamond, I feel Show and Tell is probably the most versatile combo piece. Just, you know, overall decks that it can go into. Just because everyone likes putting fatties into play. Yeah, yeah I just... I, 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 it's... I, I understand your point, and it's valid. I just, I still personally have a hard time seeing show and tell as a combo piece. I mean, it obviously is. It's just, like, when I think of combo, I think of, like, more than two cards. <laughs> it just, you feel a combo should be something that you work for, rather than something that just happens. A combo <laughs> should be flashy. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I'm more a fan of, like, the combo engine, is what I think you're you're striving for, where it's just like you... You put together this machine that just runs. Where show and tell is just, I play this card and I play this card, I win. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, which is why the deck's very linear. But if you're looking, if you don't really know the format that well, this is actually a pretty good deck for someone brand new to Legacy because you basically ignore your opponent. You play your combo and you have counter spells to counter their counter spells. Other than that, you don't really have to worry that much about what your opponent's doing. So I think that's definitely a benefit for it for newer players getting into the into the meta game. So kind of on a scale of one to ten, how easy would you rate this deck, Adrian, for a new player to just you know if if you had never seen this deck before and someone just handed you it because you wanted to play in a legacy tournament, how would you rate this as far as ease of use? Like easy being one or easy being ten. Like easy, like it, like it runs itself. You literally just put the deck on the table and you you can win the game. <laughs> it would be ten, and basically Doomsday would be one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover Doomsday one of these days. Not any day soon, but we'll cover it. <laughs> ease ease of use. Yeah, the deck's easy to use. I mean, I'd probably give it like an eight. Like eight? it's gonna. Yeah, it's it's. It's just going to have bad draws, and it's just going to have bad matchups. Like, it, you know, it's not going to be an 8 against, like, Death and Taxes. It's not going to feel like an 8. It's not going to feel like an 8 when somebody's got fucking him to Turek, thoughts he's him to Turek on you. Right. You know, and, and, and it's going to feel pretty freaking awkward when you're holding Grizzlebrand and they've got chains down. true actually i'm glad you bring that up because a lot of people find that surprising you would think the hardest matchup for this deck would be decks packing loads of counter spells and you're right those decks can be a struggle but your worst possible matchup with this deck is death and taxes like i think but i've I've had bad matchups with it against bug delver True. No, Bug Delver can also be hard with its discard and counter magic combo, but mm-hmm. its death and taxes is the one where it feels just straight unwinnable a lot of the times. Like I think my in all the times I've played this deck against death and taxes, I would say I probably have less than a ten percent win rate. Yeah, between the Caracas and Phyrexian Revokers, Thalion you can trips. Mm-hmm. That yep. just makes it super hard to win. Mm-hmm. To the point I was running, you know, Ashen Rider main because I kept running into death and taxes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It was really it was really funny. You know, I, I saw in my, a couple of my opponent's eyes that they wanted to, like, call the judge to check my deck list to see if I had pre-boarded. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we usually cover with what the hell should I play that we left out? Um, 
No, I mean, what's like the 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 easiest turn one play to identify the the deck is? Well, no, you're either gonna you're either gonna cantrip, or you're gonna see a city of traders or ancient tomb. So the easiest turn why. one play to recognize the deck is your opponent goes ancient tomb lotus petal show and tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Fair enough. Was, and then depending on whether they put in Emrakul or put in Omni Show, it tells you whether it's Show and Tell or Omni Show. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be the most obvious turn one play. Sure. Um, a more realistic turn one play, which also is easily confused with uh, Omni Show, is Fetch for a Basic Island Ponder. Okay. That would that at least tells you you're playing against usually a Show and Tell deck or in a rare instance High Tide. Um, but chances are it's going to be a show-and-tell variant. It's truthfully telling the difference between show-and-tell and omni-show in the early stages of the game is next to impossible if your opponent is trying to bluff you. Because that's what I would actually used to do when I was playing this deck, is I would bluff my opponents into thinking I was playing omni-show and then drop a sneak attack, Evercool, kill them. Actually, that might be a good point, too. Uh, you'll see more dual... You won't see, like, now... The Omni Show decks, you won't see duels. The Sneak and Show decks, you will. So if you see like a, a Fetch, Volcanic, Ponder, it could be a Delver deck, but they probably would have cast a Delver if they had one. Mm-hmm. So you might see like a Fetch, Volcanic, Ponder. And that's not a dead giveaway that it's a Show and Tell deck if they follow that up with an, with an Ancient Tomb. And a ponder because they still haven't found the other part of their combo piece. Right, <laughs> you're looking at them. Yeah, that's true. Sneak and show will be more aggressive with fetching out its duels because it just runs less fetches. Um, I'm looking at a list right now that only runs four scouting tarn, and personally, I only run six fetches in my list. Um, so sometimes you have to fetch out that volcanic island because you have the sneak attack in hand and you don't have another way to get a red source. So you kind of have to play into the wasteland a little bit. Oh, you have a sneak attack and a show and tell, and you're not sure which one you can resolve. Right. Go for both. <laughs> I always like show and tell and the sneak attack in, and then just activating it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good though. I think that, I think it's a sweet deck. I wouldn't mind trying it out, like one day, like just borrowing your deck, Jerry, and just trying to play it out. Yeah, definitely. Of course, it's a super fun deck. I mean. Uh, it it kind of has its negatives and positives with the community because I feel sneak attack is like the go-to stereotypical example of why people who don't play Legacy say they don't want to play Legacy is because they've seen sneak attack in action and they're like, I don't want to play that. They are just playing Emrakul on turn two. That doesn't look like any fun. And it it really belies how interactive Legacy as a format is when you watch decks like Sneak Attack, which really do take a lot of the interaction out of it. You know, right. for a long time when Sneak Attack was the when Sneak and Show was the best deck in the format, people were calling for Show and Tell to be banned. And I think Show and Tell came real close to being banned in those days. If the meta hadn't shifted, if the meta had shifted slower than it did, I think there was a real chance for Show and Tell to have been banned outright. Really. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Show and Tell is just one of those cards that's always been on the cusp. Yeah. Um, just because Show and Tell is one of those cards that the longer Magic exists as a game, the more and more busted it will get. Because right. Wizards is always pushing the envelope about what they'll print. All it takes is for something a little bit more broken than Emrakul, or a little bit more broken than Omniscience, for Show and Tell to get the axe. Yeah. Well, the, the, oh, I, I disagree. Yeah? Yeah. 
I, I don't think they can ban show and tell. How come? Because if they ban show and tell, they can't show off their flashy, flashy new mythic. <laughs> that is true. Unless you want to cast, <laughs> unless you want to be legitimate and cast it the hard way. They they need show and tell to be legal just for marketing. Yeah. I I don't know of a marketing standpoint, but I see your logic with that. You know, I, I definitely can see how they like having show and tell because it allows for these crazy things to happen that don't usually happen. It allows, look, Ashen Rider can get play in Legacy. Right. <laughs> like, show and tell, show and tell is a rule breaker card. It is a card that changes the way games are played. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that all of Legacy, though? <laughs> like, right, I was just thinking Dig Through Time as you say. Yeah, that. but it's like, <laughs> no, but it's like, Dig Through Time draws you cards, Delver is a creature, like, these cards are broken. Show and tell effectively breaks a rule of the game. There is a rule in Magic that says you cannot play a spell unless you have the mana to cast it. Yeah. Show and tell gives two big old middle fingers to that rule. <laughs> is it, it, will it survive if, uh, if Dig Through Time gets banned? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a deck before Dig Through Time was around, and it'll be a deck afterwards. It was a better deck before Dig Through Time was around. Yeah, I know. You you actually don't even like the Dig Through Times in the deck. You cut them, didn't you, Adrian? Uh, I actually haven't played Sneak and Show since Dig Through Time was printed. Oh, really? I thought you tried it out, and you you didn't like it as much. Oh, no, I used to play it. I used to like it. No, the thing is, is just, for some reason, it was I was screwing around with uh, Volcanic Islands more at the time. So, Mm. like... I think I was playing Blue Red Omni Show, which I really liked. Uh, Rishadon Port became such a pain in the ass. And I think actually I went to Blue Red Omni Show from Sneak and Show. I was playing Sneak and Show for a while. And I liked it. Really? Man, you fucking hand me a deck with Grizzlebrand and I'm probably in love. Doesn't really matter what it is. Yeah. I don't really, I don't, I don't do Reanimator well. But, um, Sneak and Show I really liked. I liked the ability to play Blood Moon so much that I wanted to do just Mono Red Sneak Attack. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the only other deck sneak attack would go in. <laughs> that, um, you kind of hit the nail the nail on the head right there because I despise. Sorry, Chris Chihi, but I despise Omni Show. Like I would never sleeve up Omni Show because it just it doesn't. It's not the way I want to play Magic. But man, do I love sleeping up some sneak and show. <laughs> Omni like, Show, Omni Show, I liked. It's just I didn't like the blue. I didn't like the mono blue version just because I'm not a fan of casting release the ants. Yeah, and, and there's other ways you can win with it, but it wasn't. I like the burning wishes. I like the I, I like living wish in the sideboard. Um, like the, once you know, when I resolve show and tell, there were so many lines of play that I had. Where and the mono blue just didn't. I mean, first when they when they started doing the mono blue deck, I just was not a fan of casting dream halls. And everybody I knew that was playing blue mono blue omni show would side out dream halls, which to me just means don't put them in the deck. And eventually, <laughs> they, eventually they just stopped putting them in the deck. But uh, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't get behind casting release the instant. The instant speed stuff was always good. Um, but as far as sneak attack goes, like you said, you get the you get the you either have a handful of combo pieces and no creature, or you uh, you know. A handful of enablers and no creatures, or a handful of creatures and no enablers, and, and you end up one way or the other for a little while. And then, like, it, some of the the bug... Like, the nice thing about Sneak and Show is it would go over the top of the casting cost of the Miracles decks on average. Um, right, yeah, Countertop wasn't really a problem for it, because they don't have too many four drops, so you can yeah. sneak attack in. And, and a lot of times I just like to play a fast combo deck. 
Yeah. You know, like I am I am a huge fan of Shardless Bug. And if if the downside was dig through time made him to Turrac really bad. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, if if Dig Through Time goes away and Omni Show falls off, I really do think Sneak Attack rises back to the top because all the Bug Delver decks are going to take a while to come back, um, so you won't see as much discard around. And you know, Sneak and Show's biggest competitions right now is Omni Show, and if Omni Show starts being a deck, uh, there isn't too much out there that preys on Sneak and Show. Not preys on it, but I, I would just think that if Dig Through Time got banned. Him to Turret gets better and Shardless Bug comes back. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel that as the long run. I, I definitely think that that is where the meta goes to, but it's going to take a little bit of time. It's not going to be immediate. Because we all know we all know that Legacy moves super slow in adapting. Sure, but I mean, if this, would you say there's a lot of Bug Delver decks running around at the moment? No, I would say there's probably close to none. I, what are you, you you were just getting done playing Grixis, right? Right. That's the thing. Is all the Bug Delver players are on Grixis right now. I think those Grixis players go back to playing Bug if Dig Through Time gets banned, but I think it's going to take them a while to make the switch. What are the lands that are different? Okay, Tropical Islands to Volcanic... Right, vol- Volcanic Islands to Tropical Islands. Okay. And, you know, some players have both, and they'll switch quicker, but other players, you know, traded their Tropical Islands into Volcanic Islands... And they're okay. not—they're not gonna want to jump jump ship going back that quick. For me, just going from Shardless Bug to Bug Delver was there. There was no. I only took out high casting cost stuff anyway, like Jace. Right? Yeah. So I, I figured going from Bug Delver just back to Shardless Bug was easy, but I wasn't. All right. Not really considering the volcanics. So if you end up sitting there with spare volcanics, you can throw together sneak and show. <laughs> do you guys want to do some scoops in the top eight? I'll go first. Let's scoop Caleb in once again for showing me this sweet combo with Knight of the Reliquary. Uh, so I'm really excited to start brewing with that. Scooping in John Kerman, because he rode down to us at the Black Lotus Tournament, and his enthusiasm is just unrivaled. <laughs> He's just bright-eyed and enthusiastic, and we're grumpy old dudes who are grizzled and seen far too many battles, and... He's the fresh-faced recruit, so thanks <laughs> thanks for making us feel young, John. <laughs> um, also want to, you know, throw a shout-out to uh, Brayden because it's he's been awesome on the Facebook group, like throwing up deck ideas and, you know, really getting people, you know, his last comment I think has like 10 or 15 different people all jumping in, giving advice, and kind of had like a group brew where we brewed up a NickFit deck as a group. Uh, which I just thought was really cool to see, uh, you know, evolve out of. So, yeah, there were, there were 87 comments in that thread. Yeah, 87 <laughs> comments brewing up a Nick Fit deck with, you know, however many people contributed. So props to Brayden for getting that started. Let's see some more of that. You know, I, I, I'd really like it when people do that on the Facebook group where, you know, we can kind of get this, uh, you know, group mentality together where we can exchange ideas and almost have like a digital playtesting group, which I think is awesome. So, yeah, shout out to uh, those guys. All right, Pat. You want to, who, who you got to scoop in today? Uh, you know what? This week I, I have very few scoops. I'm going to scoop you two guys in um, for letting me hang around to episode 50. The cop out. The cop out. <laughs> I keep I keep expecting you're fired. To get, <laughs> I keep waiting to get the boot every week, so I'm glad. Yeah, right glad now it's happening. Guys. Right now you're fired. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> um, also, scooping in Curtis. Uh, he was great on the episode last week. I just listened to it today again. 
and Ooh. um, it was it was cool. Oh, to talk. Curtis. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you said Kerman. Oh no, like, he wasn't on last week, was he? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm gonna I'll scoop in Kerman too because yeah, I feel like a I feel like a vampire on him. I'm just like sucking the life force out of that kid. <laughs> This is great. Wow. He's just got I'm just, creepy. I'm just like tired and like, you know, I got like, I got fucking kids and shit and I'm just like, I go to events and I'm like, I'm excited but I'm tired and he's just like, he's so excited to be there. He's so thrilled. So it's, uh, it's a little bit contagious. So I, I, wanted, to kill him. I wanted to kill him the other week though, because I was his ride to the SCG <laughs> yeah. and he was like knocked out and I'm like, Kermit, you want to go home? He's like, nah, I want to keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we're both not. We're in the X and two bracket. We can't win. He's like, yeah, but I'm I'm playing for the experience. I'm like, god yeah. damn it! Kevin. <laughs> you gotta um, love it though. You gotta love yeah. it. So thinking, thinking back, I laugh. Yeah, I laugh. Karen, you don't know how close you came to death. <laughs> <laughs> Jk Jk Law Ruffle Rufflecopter. What the fuck? Don't worry about it, Adrian. <laughs> What about you, man? You got any scoops, Adrian? Anyway. So, I'm scooping Evan, Evan Nyquist, I want to, and uh, and Andrew Wright. I want to hear these guys get some audio going for Team Tusk. Yeah, oh, yeah we, man. when's that coming along? Uh, you need to have him back on the cast. I keep forgetting that I saw him at Turtle Weekend, and I told him to come on the cast, and I keep forgetting to invite them on, so we should do that. Sure, maybe if I get next weekend, we'll get a bunch of people. Yeah. A little, fucking party. A little party. A little fucking powwow. Um, let's see. What else? So, Jerry, all right, let's see. And uh, I'm going to scoop in every fucking one of these guys, man. So, that whole... We hit a Wounded Warrior Project goal by the time the next set was released. Did you guys acknowledge that? Yeah. That's fucking, that's fucking crazy. I'm like... yeah. Eh, it'd be like a year and a half away. They're like, no, the next <laughs> set's released. And I'm like, um, so I'm going to scoop Jerry at the top eight for handling the Eternal Witness arc. Ah, damn it. Ah, guilt trip. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's been like a month and a half in the progress. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Um, all right, so Evan and Andrew and Jerry and fucking everybody that's uh, that's gone for the Wounded Warrior Project that's fucking meant. Um, and Pat, because we're gonna go do fucking BFZ shit. Yeah. And get discount on legacy shit. Yeah, I guess that's about it. Alright, good night, folks. Type of motherfucker that'll check the check, do the math, I ain't never getting robbed. Those margaritas not going on my card. I ain't about to split a damn thing for convenience sake. I'm at the restaurant working that way. Holla, you ain't heard a little day, young elder Jew biz major. Fuck you know about the world he raised in. I've been saving money since a motherfucker 13. I wear the same pair of jeans every day. Free sandwiches, homie, two stamps away. Book flight December, but I leave in May. Drugs are generic, but still work the same. I get logins for Netflix for my Cause 
All of my bitches be scared of me, I put that rod in them. All of them bitches acting thoughtless, I disregard them. All of them bitches acting holy, ain't got no God in them. I can teach a little nigga something like a preacher. I can take his ass to church, fresh as hell, no Easter. I can make his ass burp like a baby without no hickle. I can. Quan, what, what does this have to do with saving money, though? You know what, a full verse would have been too expensive anyway. Trap! I think. Trap! I ain't parking that unless to meet a grade, homie Hair cut several months in between, homie Hit the motherfucking lights when I leave, homie Single plot, TP, ass lead Airbnb, the motherfucking lease I'm never there, I'm out in Cali Why the fuck my company in Delaware? And happy hour taking out a chicken I don't even care Now the plot's to both dating and wings Heat matinee, phone bill Got the motherfucking fam on it 401k, rolling over bands on it Copper sweaters in the summer when the sale on them. The fuck you rappers brag about, you overpaying for it I never joined the shiz, though. Hey. Fuck you think this is, though? We've been flying like a motherfucking finch, though. General style, half a dozen on a stick, just so I can whet the appetite of dick. What you talking about? My AC never doing nothing, blow fans, though. Walgreens, car shopping, all the off-brands, though. Boy, go hard when collecting got them. Save a motherfucker, roach, try and smoke. Check the clothes in my drawers, I ain't playing around. It's LD, little boy, Mr. Hand-me-down. My dirty drawers getting worn, can you blame me now? You think I got four fifty up and quarters on me? Well, I fucking don't. Speaking of, I fucking saw a ghost in my apartment the other day. No shit. But you had the Chinese <clears throat> exorcism. No, that was at my house. This is my apartment. Oh. <laughs> so, both me and my roommate have heard, like, footsteps in the night, and we kind of brushed it off, but both me and my roommate are like, there's something weird going on. And the other day... <laughs> this, this is the, <clears throat> the third reference to Catch a Predator today. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other day, I'm, like, sitting in my room by myself watching a movie, and, like, I just see something out of the corner of my eye, and I just look at the window, and in the reflection of the window is I just see someone standing behind me. Oh, shit. 
So oh I just like God. jumped up and spun around and no one was there. And now I just creep myself up and I'm looking around my room. I'm looking around my room too. I, That's we, fucked up. I just got a chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was, were, you perhaps, were you watching? You said you were watching a movie? I was watching Braveheart. Oh, I was going to say, was it Ghostbusters? <laughs> no, it was Braveheart. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've, I've been sleeping with the lights on. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a full grown man and I am not ashamed of that. <laughs> I saw a fucking ghost, and I'm sleeping with the lights on. <laughs> Dude, I have I have a great ghost story, but we'll save it for another time. Yeah, I don't want to. No, 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 I'm going to bed. No, no, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Bye. All right, see you, man. Bye, Jerry.